You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1313 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Friday evening in late September. And today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with all the props, odds, and lines you could possibly need, and more than you've ever seen before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And today's show is a media day breakdown. I was on the scene today for the Hawks media day, the official start of the season for Atlanta. We've all been counting down the days until this actually happened. And while there wasn't a ton of like massive news coming out of Friday, there's always news and notes to hit on. And I want to sort of give you the full rundown on the podcast today of what was said from Landry Fields and Amy McMillan and all the players and sort of the vibe around the team, some of the themes that have been released by the Hawks in the last couple of hours since this uh, media day session began. And uh, yeah, a lot to get to sort of a news and notes kind of format here on the podcast. I'll sort of go through all of what my own thoughts on what was said as well. And uh, thank you for listening to the podcast as always. Make it your first listen each and every day. Check us out across platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, etc. And please spread the word about the podcast if you enjoy the show. We'll start with the uh, probably the biggest sort of news stuff from the day, and that was the injury updates. I saw some people that, you know, Hawks fans even were asking the media, including myself, to follow up on this stuff. It was always going to be the, the case, and you're kind of relying on whatever the team tells you at this point in time by injuries. But we'll start there with injury updates, the most prominent of which is Bogdan Magdanovich, who uh, is the guy who is not quite 100% at this point in time. In fact, Landry Fields and talking to the media, the GM. And by the way, Travis Schleich is still in charge of the front office, all that fun stuff, but they've had Landry speaking as the front office representative in recent days at the draft and free agency, et cetera, it's been a lot of Landry. So he was the one that spoke for the front office in this spot, but he indicated that McDonavich unsurprisingly is quote, not going to be hundred percent for training camp and quote that the Hawks goal is to have him at hundred percent for the regular season. But also backed up the same sentiment when he talked to the media later on in the day, this is not a surprise. I want to say that again, this is not a surprise. If you've not been listening to Hawk stuff or following along in the summer, I do understand that, but if the, for the diehards, my apologies for repeating myself, but the Hawks announced this back in June that Bogdanovich had surgery on his right patella tendon to address knee inflammation and that the focus was on the start of the regular season, not training camp. And that was a dis- important distinction that they kind of put out there. So this is not a surprise at all. He's going to be limited in training camp, but still sort of one that caught some people off guard on Friday. Bogdanovich did say that he is, quote, close to the last phase, end quote, of his recovery, and the hope for him is that he's going to go for the regular season, but um, it's pretty important. The Hawks do need him very badly. He's not going to start for the Hawks, at least in the normal um, everybody healthy scenario, but Bogdanovich is a very, very important piece of this roster as the best perimeter shooter outside of Trey Young, of course, best guy on the wing, um, most aggressive shooter always on this roster as well. He hunts his own shot in the way that other guys don't always do that. Bogey's a very valuable piece, so the Hawks are going to need him. It would not stun me if he is not ready to go for the opener. I'm, not, that's, I'm just saying that. I'm just speculating. I'm not reporting that. But anytime you have a guy you know, at training camp you know, a month or less from the opener saying that they're not ready to go yet, that's always a little bit in, your, in the back of your mind. Like he might not be ready for the opener. But we'll see how that, how that goes. And the Hawks were saying the right things about him being on track for that. But we will see in the coming days. Elsewhere on the injury front, Jalen Johnson was the other question mark of sorts. Uh, Landry Fields said he has now been full go, was the way that it was described for a little while. Johnson said he feels great, and the rehab from the offseason procedure that went uh, extremely well in the way that he put it, and he feels 100% at this point in time. He said he was cleared for 5-on-5 five five right after Labor Day, so about you know two or three weeks ago at this point in time. He's been playing 5-on-5 five five ever since, so that's encouraging Jalen 
was the other guy that was on the initial release with with Bogdanovich as guys who were sort of out of pocket for the summer. But he is, uh, as anticipated, ahead of Bogey in his recovery. AJ Griffin has been good to go for the last couple of weeks per Landry Field. And Griffin said that he feels great health-wise. He had some time to focus on his body and mechanics to kind of step up the situation for him both this season for the future griffin of course missed summer league so there was a little bit of concern but uh nothing at least as far as i know right now he is full go and ready to go for training camp beginning on saturday and then finally john collins uh started off with Landry field saying that his finger quote might look crazy end quote which is pretty interesting to kind of way to put that for Landry Fields, the gm but it's functional and collins was later asked about his health and said his finger and his foot are, quote, both doing well. He said the foot has been completely healed. By the way, he, he had this sort of a plantar fascia issue last year down the stretch, and that was a problem, but he is now healed up from what he was talking about today. And with the finger, Colin said on his own that it was, quote, not going to be too pretty, end quote, but it's not affecting him negatively when it comes to basketball stuff. So kind of weird situation for Collins. I will certainly say that it's better if it was more looking normal again, but by all accounts from Landry to John, et cetera, they're all saying that he's not going to be affected by this negatively. I'm sure he would prefer that it was back to quote unquote normal, but um, at this point, no pain for Collins and uh, we'll see how that affects him. But as he said there was no negative effect at this point in time. So that's all the injury stuff for now. Uh, I'm sure stuff will come up in the coming days as training camp ramps along, but those were sort of the, uh, the four guys who were at least most question marks. The Capella was sort of on the margins there as well. He seems to be healthy. So big picture, not a whole lot of concerns beyond Bogdanovich at this stage. As far as themes from the day, we'll sort of go through what Landry said, what Nate said, and what some of the players said later on. But sort of big picture stuff that a lot of guys touched on was uh, I'll sort of go through these sort of one at a time. Uh, one of the one of the themes of the day was John Collins still being around after all the trade rumors. That was a lot of questioning from you know towards Landry, towards Nate, towards John. Landry was asked about that uh, after all the rumors in the offseason, and he said that Landry and Nate both talked to John about being professional. Uh, John has always been professional. They've, they've definitely praised him for the way he's uh, sort of approached this entire thing. Landry was stressing that communication and honesty are important when the talks are happening, but both Landry and Nate both referenced themselves as former players who can sort of see it from John's side. They've kind of been there. It's one of the advantages the Hawks do have with their structure. You know, Travis Schlick's not a former player, but Landry is, and so is Nate. So players can sort of, can sort of uh, identify with that. Landry said that Collins is, quote, still here for a reason, end quote. They did say that, you know, Collins is not bashful about sharing the way he feels, which they do like about him, but he understands what he's happening and, quote, he's been good on Landry's side. You know, Nate was all saying the same kind of thing. Nate and John both uh, definitely shared some positive sentiments about each other in the mix here. So I know that's a storyline coming into the season, but, um, you know, Nothing that I'm aware of in terms of active talks. You know, John was very much in the trade rumor mill in the offseason. It, it honestly reached the point for the first time where I thought he was probably going to get traded. It just didn't happen. So he's still around. And a credit to Collins, I've said this for a long time, but he always plays hard. Uh, both Landry and Nate stressed that today as well. Uh, motor is not a problem for John Collins ever. He's always bought in. He's going to play hard for you. He's a pro, so it shouldn't really be a negative impact whatsoever. Um, one of the other themes that was out there is sort of the uh, the Abu Dhabi trip. The Hawks are about to go overseas for nine or ten days. They leave on on September 30th. And uh, Landry was asked about the benefits of the trip. And he said it's not like a forced connection or a unity thing, but there are benefits to the long road trip with guys just kind of being together and uh, hanging out together for that period of time. Nate said the same thing. He said it was a great opportunity for the guys to bond. And also um, they noted the Hawks are going well ahead of the Bucks who they're playing against. It's going to be a nine or ten day trip for the Hawks. Justin Holiday said that he is, quote, beyond excited to go to Abu Dhabi. And he said that's a place where he's actually always wanted to go. Also was making fun of the fact that he's not have to pay for it. I'm sure that was a positive for that, some of these guys. John Collins even said he's not necessarily looking forward to the very, very, very long plane ride 
to Abu Dhabi, but he's still looking forward to be a good bonding experience for the team. So a lot of buzz, anticipation there. It's sort of a unique thing for the Hawks to go overseas and be one of the four teams in the league that are going overseas this early and starting early media day and extended period of time. So they'll be gone for, you know, nine or 10 days and we'll see how that all, that all goes out. Um, later, uh, a defensive focus definitely was emerging. Not a huge surprise. Obviously the Hawks were very bad defensively for most of last season. So it's not a huge surprise that, a lot of guys talked about the defense from Landry to Nate on down. A lot of preaching of defensive imp- importance and sort of the uh, focus of those guys from Nate and Landry. Holiday talked about that a lot, being sort of aware of individual strengths and weaknesses and executing the scheme and giving effort. All kinds of different talk about communication and uh, even talking like pickup games. Justin Hobbs talking about that and sort of getting those conversation lines going at this stage. But everybody to a man, Click Capella, of course, stress defense is sort of he's the anchor of this team defensively, a Kongwu. All those guys were talking about the importance of that, and there's no hiding from it. The Hawks cannot reach their goals. They absolutely cannot reach their goals while being as bad as they were defensively last season. That is a very, very easy thing to say, but it's also very clear and accurate at this point. They cannot be a bottom five defense and do what they want to do this year. And the last thing before we sort of get to uh, some individual stuff and what was said is that a lot of guys talked about how they can make a run this year and do something special. Trey Young went, went as far as to flat out say they want to win a title this year. Now, obviously, the Hawks are not expected to do that. Um, I know Hawks fans would like that to happen. I know it'd be a lot of fun to cover in a lot of different ways. But um, to a man, everyone seemed excited about this team. There's a lot of talk about the open runs and the fact that the Hawks are expected to be good this year. A lot of positivity. Um, you know, media day is often, I would say, usually a very positive environment. But I, I, I definitely found it notable today that everybody was pretty upbeat about the way the team is looking at the stage. The guy, the fact that the guys were in town early. Nate talks about that a lot. Just get, getting guys in for the last three, four, five, six weeks and uh, kind of getting in voluntarily bonding. Today was the official report day. It seemed like most of the roster had been there already for a while. So that's always a good thing ahead of training camp. And uh, things get underway, by the way, officially on Saturday is the first practice and they'll go from there. But today was more of the uh, sort of show up, say hello, uh, take some pictures, all that fun stuff. But uh, they dive into practice on Saturday. So we'll have full coverage of that as we go in here on the podcast. All right, before we get to the individual breakdowns of what was actually said from the guys one by one on the podcast, uh, a word from our sponsors on the show today. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is here in a big way. Bet Online is the number one source for all the pro and college football betting needs that you might have, along with the information that you absolutely need this season. Find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts at Bet Online, including all the content you need for the weekend slate in pro and college football. Bet Online is also the continued source for all wager information that you are looking for, and that includes live betting, esports, and live scores. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to consume every sport you might have interest in at this point. On this show, of course, we talk about the NBA most of the time, and there are plenty of future bets out there available right now between season win totals and conference odds, division odds, title odds, award odds, and much more. Beyond the NBA, BetOnline has odds and lines on college sports and baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, soccer, entertainment bets, and much more. Head to BetOnline.net right now on your computer or mobile device to learn more about all the trends and the action across the sports world. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we'll start with Landry Fields. And by the way, I'm going to drop some bonus audio on the podcast feed if you're interested in listening to the entire thing. Not the best audio quality. It's recorded from my voice memo on my phone. And it was kind of a circus atmosphere today. Lots of stuff going on and distractions. So my apologies, but I will sort of give you the Cliff Notes version on the podcast if you're interested in listening to all of Nate and Landry in particular. That should be on the podcast feed within a couple of hours if you're listening to this. Or maybe if it's already there now. I'm not sure when I listen to this, but if you are, hopefully you enjoy that sort of deeper dive into things. But um, interestingly, I'll start this. Landry gave a couple of uh, luxury tax notes. He was first asked about the luxury tax 
as an overall consideration, Field said it would be a, quote, day-to-day -day thing, end quote. We're talking about the luxury tax. And we're looking at from a, lot, a lot of factors on whether to stay over it or get under the line by the end of the season that I actually asked Landry later on in the availability about the Hawks only having 14 guys under contract. And he, without really me prompting him on it even, said they plan to enter the season with the 15th spot open. And without any more pushing from me, Landry noted that it gives them, quote, flexibility, end quote, with regard to the luxury tax. So this is not a surprise to me. If you're listening to this podcast for a while, you will know this, but I've been saying this for months. I thought the Hawks will always get under the uh, under the tax. And I think it was very obvious to me that the 14 versus 15 on the active roster is actually just almost exclusively driven by money. And that seems to be what Landry was saying as well. It's still pretty candid from him, pretty open and honest from him that they're not going to add anybody right now, basically because of the tax considerations. Um, is it impossible for the Hawks to stay over the tax? De definitely not. If they, if they start out hot this year, and want to stay over, maybe buy, that would not stun me. But if I had to guess right now, I'd say the Hawks would probably be working on getting under the tax at some point in time. That was pretty interesting. That's sort of on brand as a uh, as a nerd thing to start off the podcast with. Um, elsewhere, Landry talked about defense. Not a whole lot new there, as I mentioned before earlier in the uh, episode, but Landry said that their top priority this season uh, was addressing the defense. Obviously talks about the addition of DeJounte Murray, as well as veterans like Justin Holiday and Mo Harkless for the defensive aptitude and the leadership. They ex uh, definitely uh, stressed that across the board. Uh, Nate did and Landry did today. And uh, also Landry used the word process when it comes to defensive improvement. But it's not all about the new players in his mind. It's about the approach and the execution and the effort of those guys. And uh, Landry, I thought it was notable that Landry report, uh, kind of repeatedly used Justin Holiday as an example of being a good defender and a veteran. It's just like he was definitely planning on Justin Holiday playing a real role for the Hawks, which I'm expecting as well. But I thought it was notable that kept going back to Holiday as a good example. Um, with regard to Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, Landry talked about this a lot already with Murray's intro introductory press conference earlier this summer. But he did acknowledge there could be an adjustment period between those guys early on and he said actually could be quote a little clunky at first as they get comfortable but that you know everyone's optimistic about those guys obviously there was a whole lot of excitement about that pairing on the uh sort of on the podium today talks about deandre hunter and the extension talks that's a very obvious thing to ask and answer if you were landry fields standard stuff there about his extension the hawks did say they want to get it done landry did say that and uh talks are still ongoing also, the Hawks have until, just as a note here, until October 17th to make a decision on Hunter's extension. It's not a one-way thing. They have to actually negotiate that, obviously, but they have three more weeks or so to find an extension. So it's not like it's urgent, but they have some time and they want to get that done if they possibly can. I would still guess right now it does not happen, but it would not stun me if it did. So we'll see how that, if that actually transpires in the next three and a half weeks or so. And then uh, finally, for Landry, as sort of a news and note here, he gave sort of a uh, defense of the pro-am participation from players. It's been a topic because of the Chet Holmgren injury, like whether players should be allowed to do all that stuff. And um, Landry said he actually loves when guys play in pro-ams, and particularly when teammates are playing, playing together, like Trey and John and DeJounte did in Seattle. Also, Trey and John played together in L.A., and Landry seemed to like that. So if you are a fan of the pro-am circuit, that's a, a point in your favor. Elsewhere, uh, Nate McMillan is uh, unsurprisingly very excited about things as the uh, st as stuff gets going. He actually said it's been the opposite of off-seasons past because it's been a long break for the Hawks. You know, two years ago, they had the run to conference finals. And then last year, they were sort of playing catch-up still with guys being banged up and not, not having a lot of work to happen for a lot of their key pieces. But McMillan said they were able to get the guys, young guys in early and work on development and focus stuff. 
and they were they had 10 or 12 guys in his words during august in camp and not always i shouldn't say camp in uh, in atlanta doing workouts you know there's not always a lot of that, that full participation but there you go uh Millett said it's sort of a different team in a lot of in a lot of ways because it's so, so many different players only seven or eight guys returning from last year's team um he actually said um pretty candidly that he heard a lot of good things about mike longabardi who's one of the new assistant coaches for the hawks people around the league he's excited about his focus defensively and so did, by the way, Justin Holiday thoughts about Longabardi after playing for him elsewhere. A lot of positive stuff there. I uh, will always admit that I don't know a lot about, about assistant coaches necessarily. I will ask around. There's some interesting reporting about that. Um, you know, not, he's not always been like the most beloved by fan bases, but I think he's got a pretty good rep around the league. So we'll see. Um, zero surprise with this particular thing that I was about to say, but um, Nate did refer to quote our starters a few times with the uh, assumption of that being Trey Young, Jante Murray. DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Click Capella. That's been the widely assumed starting lineup, but he definitely sort of acknowledged that at the at the on the dais today. He did reference Bogdanovich as kind of the six-man type, which is also making a lot of sense. That's a pretty easy top six. You throw in a Kong was the top seven. That's sort of the core seven right now for the Hawks. Then you sort of go deeper. Um, I would say Justin Holiday would be my favorite to be the eighth player on this roster in terms of minutes. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes for this team. And then you get into your Jalen Johnson types and your Aaron Holiday types and you know maybe Frank Kaminsky if you got some more depth in the front court, et cetera. But it seems like there's a very, very clear top seven, and I, I think probably a top eight, if, including Holiday. And that was kind of the uh, way it was talked about today and then uh, the last thing that i'll say for nate before we move on to the players is that he did he said pretty candidly on the podium he was gonna he's gonna ask the team later on today on friday basically who are we as he addressed the team and talked about how the last two seasons have been very different of course two years ago he took over mid-season before they made the run to the conference finals and then last year sort of a flop not a full-on flop but still a season that did not they definitely fell short of expectations a year ago but uh nate's gonna kind of challenge them as to who which 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 side is more um indicative of what they are now I think that was asked to a few different players along the way. They kind of all said in unison, like it's more two years ago. Obviously, that's more optimistic, but you would say. But I thought it was interesting that Nate kind of revealed that he was going to tell that to the, tell that to the team later on today. And uh, he was upbeat. You know, Nate's not the most um, effervescent guy. He doesn't always talk in the most glowing terms. He's pretty matter of fact. But he seemed to be pretty encouraged, pretty excited about the way things are going. I think he's uh, encouraged by the roster and the new additions. And a lot of guys he's familiar with. He's, you know, they're bringing Justin Holiday, who he, who's played for him. Aaron Holiday's played for him in the past. Mo Harkless is a vet. Obviously, they're bringing in guys that they kind of recognized. Uh, you know, Kaminsky's not played for Nate, but he's a veteran. He's been around for a while. Knows what to do, et cetera. So a lot of uh, positivity around Nate, and we'll leave it there for now. All right, before we get to the players, uh, headline by, of course, Trey Young, Jonathan Murray, et cetera, a word from our sponsors on the show. All right, we'll dive back in to Trey Young to start with the player segment on this podcast. And uh, Trey said that Nate took a trip to Oklahoma. And honestly, the, both guys talked about that a lot, actually. Um, Nate said kind of with a smile and a, and a, and a laugh that Trey has a, a beautiful spread at Oklahoma. He was definitely praising his uh, accommodations in Oklahoma. But Nate and Trey both sort of sort of a low fest, honestly, compared to previous times. Talked about how they went through some offensive ideas to how to use Trey when Nate was out there. And actually, Nate put on sneakers and was actually kind of running some point stuff with Trey. It talks about um, kind of maximizing the communication between the two of them. Uh, Trey said, and I quote, me and Nate's relationship is really good, end quote. And uh, that was a lot of positivity there. That's good to see for, from all sides because obviously the team's going to be at its best if, if Nate and Trey are on the same page. Um, McMillan said the team was in constant contact with Trey during the negotiations for, for DeJounte Murray and that Trey obviously really wanted DeJounte. Not a secret there at all, but McMillan said that Trey's going to be playing without the ball more than he probably ever has and that Trey's excited about that. No surprise there either. But uh, Trey said it's been a pretty great summer for him. Talk about the birth of his son. And obviously that's awesome stuff for Trey back in June. And the quote that I referenced earlier, this year, quote, 
I am just so locked in on winning a championship and nothing else, end quote. So obviously it's pretty, uh, pretty high stuff there from Trey. Um, he said he put on some weight in the offseason, which is probably encouraging, try to keep some more muscle on over the summer. He actually worked out with Steph Curry's trainer. He said it was great to work out with him. On playing with Murray, Trey said it was exciting to him sort of uh, as soon as he heard the possibility. And he said that Murray is basically good at everything and just as competitive as he is, which is definitely encouraging. Trey's very, very competitive, loves to win, loves to play hard, et cetera. And uh, also Trey was pretty consistently talking about the working to improve as a vocal leader. He sort of knows that he's not the most natural vocal leader in the world. He definitely said that from the podium, but he's trying to get better at that as the face of the franchise, which is definitely encouraging. Um, DeJounte Murray is the next guy I'll talk about now. He said he's ready to compete and earn the trust of the coaches and the teammates with some hard work and leading by example during camp as well. He's coming into Atlanta, trying to fit with Trey. He said that and the rest of the team. And talking about the opportunity for both guys to kind of grow without the ball in their hands, talking about how both guys are very smart and averaging nine, nine assists a game last year. And there's a, a sort of that on-ball, off-ball focus, but both guys are very unselfish in the way they play. Um, the quote from Murray, I'm going to read it here now, was, quote, you're going to see the ball moving, playing the game the right way. I love defense, and I believe the best offense is getting a stop and getting out and running. And he said it starts on the defensive end end quote, which is really encouraging. Also, he said, and I thought this was notable, um, he's been working on a lot of catch-and-shoot stuff in the, in the offseason. Now, Murray's strength, as I've talked about a lot on the podcast recently, he's not the greatest catch-and-shoot guy in the world, but I think he probably knows he's going to have more opportunities than he has really in his entire career probably to go ahead and do that on this team. So working on that is a smart decision from him and his training staff, et cetera. Um, elsewhere, John Collins uh, talked about the rumor stuff earlier and sort of the looming cloud of all of that stuff. He said he tried to stay with him himself and be a leader and not let it affect him and not be selfish along the way with the rumors still getting through to him. Um, Collins said he wants to be a leader and develop the game uh, mentally. Also, he's focusing on becoming a better ball handler and creator and trying to get to his spots offensively. Um, McMillan talks about attacking mismatches, and John's a, a big part of that potentially. Um, Collins said that he knew that Nate had his back before this, but there was further entrenched with the offseason competition that they had together. And he said, I trust that he knows exactly what I'm going through with regard to Nate and sort of being a former player who had been in trade rumors, et cetera. Collins talks about being also getting a feel for playing pick and roll with a new partner in Murray. Obviously still Trey is around, but Murray is going to be the uh, the next most frequent pick and roll operator alongside John. It won't be perfect right away. He talked about that, just sort of getting reps, but he called DeJounte Murray a, quote, damn good dude, and also said that he's got that dog in him as one of the best defenders in the league. So a lot of positive stuff from John. By the way, happy birthday, John Collins. We're 25 years old today. Lots, lots, of, lots of birthdays in this month for the Hawks between uh, Murray and Trey and uh, now Collins today. Elsewhere, uh, sort of uh, more rapid fire the rest of the way here. Um, DeAndre Hunter had interesting, obviously, offseason because of the contract stuff. But McMillan said first that Hunter's been able to work out during the summer, and he sort of couldn't do that last summer because of a procedure. Hunter, um, by the way, said – sorry, I should say – Nate said that Hunter looks good, is in a, really, in a really good place right now. And the main thing in Nate's mind is that he's uh, sort of focusing – um, on helping the team win when it, when it comes to Hunter and not being concerned about getting numbers or his contract. And Hunter talked about ball handling as a real focus for him and the benefits of actually being healthy all summer long. I said that a, I said that a lot with different guys, but it's definitely big for Hunter to have that full offseason to kind of get his game going in the right direction. He's not trying to worry about the contract stuff. And actually, I actually asked him about how these sort of negotiations are operating. He said his agent is handling all the stuff when it comes to talking to the Hawks. And then Jeff Schultz of The, uh, of the Athletic followed up and said, uh, basically asked him whether he thought it was going to definitely get done. And DeAndre said, quote, I don't have an answer for that, end quote. So that's where we are right now. But uh, a pretty encouraging stuff from DeAndre Hunter on the whole. I talked about Capella earlier with having no injury stuff. He said health-wise, he's doing quite well. And he said, I feel really great. 
I said it'll be big for him after missing most of training camp last year. I talked about that a lot last year. He got off to a very slow start because he just didn't have a training camp. And now he'll be healthy, knock on wood. The Achilles stuff's feeling good for Capella. That's a huge thing. And he he said from the podium that his one of his goals this year is to be one of the best defenders in the league. Um, two years ago, Capella was a top five defender in the, in the sport. I definitely, I do believe that. That's how good he was two years ago. Last year, less so, but I think even still last year, he was a very, very, very effective defender. And uh, obviously the Hawks, while we all love a Kongu, they need Capella to be his best as well. And that's going to be important to, to uh, sort of have happen early and often this season. Speaking of Kongwu, we'll go to him next. Nate said he worked all summer long to make communication together and that Kongwu was in town most of the summer. McMillan said they're kind of excited about how the Kongwu have the ball in his hands a little bit more. That's pretty encouraging. He used Bam, he used Bam out of bio as an example, kind of playing through him a little bit more. Um, Nate did say they're not trying to like play through the post, but Kongwu has interesting ball skills they want to take advantage of. He did say that Kongwu, quote, isn't ready to stretch him beyond the three-point line, but they can see him taking mid-rangers this year. That's a pretty encouraging thing. I've said this quite a few times on the podcast, but this is the first offseason where a could actually be healthy and do some skill work. And I always thought this was going to be a big year for him to kind of expand his offensive arsenal. Kongo is very skilled with the ball in his hands. The jump shot is a, is a work in progress, but um, he definitely seemed to be encouraged by it as well. We'll see if he's able to do that this year, but he's looking forward to another jump. And um, he did, he said basically the healthy offseason was just what he needed at this point in time when I asked him about that. So, First healthy summer of his, of his pro career, and I think the sky is the limit for a Kongwu, a guy that I absolutely love in the future, and really even right now. Um, but Donovich, not too much there other than playing, other than the injury updates. He did say he missed really playing for Serbia this summer because of the injury, but uh, kind of a quiet availability for McDonovich up besides the injury stuff that we covered earlier. Jalen Johnson, interestingly enough, Nate McMillan said early in the, in the press conference that he was going to be playing minutes this year. That's obviously an encouraging sign for Hawks fans that want to see more of Jalen. He did say later on, that Jalen was going to have to, quote, battle and compete, end quote, for time. But that was talking about a lot of different guys, not just Jalen. So I think it was mostly uplifting about Jalen Johnson. In fact, Nate said that Jalen, he thought, was helped by playing in the G League last year and that he, quote, walks different now because of the more maturity and confidence that he has after last season. Uh, he was not able to do a ton over the summer because of the procedure, but he's ramping up since August, September, and he's been playing five on five in the last couple of weeks. It looks really good, apparently, according to McMillan. Johnson said that the best thing for him is trying to be more mature, which I think he thinks he is accomplishing so far, and he wants to be more consistent in getting his work in, try to improve, but definitely some uh, upbeat stuff about Jalen. I think uh, hopefully you'll see him get some opportunities this year. Um Frank Kaminsky is a guy that I've not been talked about a lot. I, uh, I've sort of theorized that I don't think he's going to be in a rotation every night, but I think he's a very valuable piece. When they, when they, when they signed Kaminsky, I kind of loved that move because basically I knew it was going to be a minimum signing for a third center, and he gives them different stuff. Kaminsky is more of a combo big, number one. He is definitely center size at seven feet, but a good shooter, a pretty skilled offensive player. Defensively, not great necessarily, but I thought that was a really good minimum value signing. And But I should say, he missed a lot of time last year with a knee issue, but he did say he's feeling good at this point in time. Sort of a long process of rehabbing after the surgery, but um, he says he, feel, he feels really good at this point in time. And he talks about how he thinks he's improved defensively every year in the NBA because of communication stuff, positioning stuff. So he can bring that stretch element on offense. That could be a pretty interesting depth signing for the Hawks. Other than that, not a whole lot else to dive into that's like of huge consequence. Um, AJ Griffin being the health stuff, that was really good for him. Justin Holiday talked for quite some time about um, his previous stop in Atlanta, sort of different now because he's playing with a younger team. And the shares, he sort of talked about his ability to lead as a veteran and play hard on defense, knocking down shots and doing all the little stuff. Aaron Holiday said it's a blessing to be playing with his brother at this point in time. And he's been playing with playing under Nate before in Indiana. Um, little stuff from like Tyson Etienne, who's looking forward to coming in and uh, being more of a playmaker. And that's a big focus for him coming into camp as a uh, Exhibit 10 contract. 
Mo Harkless talked about his experience playing alongside attacking guards like Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, De'Aaron Fox, and also said he's excited to be playing with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, obviously. Um, but Harkless has been talking about like maintaining his body and his health and working on his jump shot. Obviously, Harkless, that's one his probably his biggest detraction is his jumper. So he sort of acknowledged that tacitly, uh, talked about how he, want, he wants to work on that and be more consistent. So that'll be interesting for him. Um, Jarrett Culver said there's a lot of talent on the roster. He was impressed by that when he came in to sort of do some open runs with the Hawks. He's on a two-way contract now, of course. And he said the offense will take care of itself and they're focused on defense, which is the right thing to think to uh, be focused on at this point in time. So that's kind of it in terms of the like, big picture stuff. I could go through everything that I had, but that was mostly the uh, the big uh, bullets on the podcast today. I do, I do want to say just as a record-keeping thing, the numbers are out for the Hawks. And I think Hawks fans are always interested in this kind of stuff. Frank Kaminsky is going to be wearing zero. Trent Forrest is going to wear number two. Aaron Holiday is going to wear number three. Mo Harkless, number four. Murray, unsurprisingly, number five. Jarrett Culver is number seven. Justin Holiday is number eight. AJ Griffin is number 14. Tyree Sparks is number 22. And then the camp guys are Etienne, 25. Chris Silva, 31. Malik Ellison, 32. Um, so, sorry, Chris Silva, 30. Malik Ellison, 31. And Armani Brooks, 32. Speaking of Armani Brooks, who I don't believe spoke today. If he did, I missed it. Um, but on Thursday, the Hawks announced that he's going to be bringing in on Exhibit Town contract. Brooks is a familiar name to diehards. He actually was with the Hawks once before after he was undrafted in 2019. Signed a camp deal with the Hawks, played spreezes and stuff a couple of years ago. A good shooter, 39% in the G League, a 6'3 combo guard type, um, a guy who I wouldn't expect to make the team, but some competition there for guys like Etienne and Ellison on the perimeter. So the Hawks now have their full 20 for training camp, which I'm sure was a consideration as they went to uh, um, Abu Dhabi, want to have full depth if you have injuries or want to rest guys. Having 20 guys on the roster is very helpful when you are that far away from home. Can't really bring anybody there that's extra. Also, uh, before we get out of here, uh, one programming note, the Abu Dhabi games, which there are two of them, on uh, it's a Thursday at noon and a Saturday at noon in early October, they're going to be on NBA TV. There was a little bit of consternation about that. People kept asking me. Finally, I got I got the official word in the last day or two. There's going to be on NBA TV. I'm not sure what the, bros- what the broadcast crew is going to be. I'm not going to Abu Dhabi. I don't think anybody on the Hawks beat is going. I'm not sure if that's 100% true, but um, you will definitely have the opportunity alongside myself. I'll be watching on NBA TV as well on those two games. And uh, that's a, a big sort of windfall for those of us that want to watch the Hawks on those first two games in the preseason. And uh, just to wrap it up on the podcast today, I think just overall a pretty straight ahead media day in a lot of ways. I've seen a lot of these this is I think number 12 or 13 for me at this point, covering the Hawks for a long, long time now. I'm getting old as uh, John Collins said today, as he turned 25, talked about getting old. I am uh, more than a decade older than John Collins at this stage, but they are very optimistic. I said that before. I want to stress that again. They all seem ready to, ready to rock and roll at this point in time. There is the one injury concern with Bogdanovich, but nothing nothing dire. You know, last year there were four or five key pieces that were not at full go by this stage of the, of the process. And this year it's really only one with Bogey. And that's obviously he's an important piece, but, um, you know, to only have one guy that's kind of in limbo like that is probably a pretty good spot to be in through the Hawks. And I think it's a good opportunity for those guys to go across the pond together, spend a lot of time together, get away for nine, ten days. With some family there as well, but certainly a, a team bonding exercise. Then they'll have plenty of time to get back in. They also a small benefit just being able to start camp two days early. It's not the worst thing in the world, even if you kind of lose a day, maybe two days on the travel to Abu Dhabi. So um, also I said it before, but there'll be some bonus audio this week um, from Landry and Nate acknowledging again, the audio is not qual- the audio quality is not fantastic, but it is a, uh, 
sort of the, the, the logistics of the room there. But hopefully you'll enjoy that if you want to listen to it. And also, as a programming note one more time, I'm back to four or five episodes a week starting next week. So we've been more on like a three-ish episodes per week schedule in autism. Now we're going to go back to four or five for the most part. So please join us and please tell a friend. If you know Hawks fans that are getting excited about the team and not found the podcast just yet, I encourage you to share this show with them. Um, we are at Locked on Hawks on Twitter. We are Locked on Hawks anywhere across podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, we are Player Player FM and Podbean, all those places. Also, video on YouTube is the same podcast feed. You'll just see me in this in this shining face recording along with any guests that I have on the podcast. But please subscribe, rate, review, follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. I do appreciate all, all the support on the podcast. If you have questions that you want answered on mailbag episodes in the future, you can also find us at lockedonhawks at gmail.com if you have longer form questions, or you can definitely send it to me on Twitter as well. Thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this media day recap. And we'll have much more next week as we dive into the season. It's now officially underway. So please stay tuned. We'll be here all the time. And we'll see you next time.